It's episode 423 of the Pittsburgh Network Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian, and this is the only podcast that says. You know, this is supposed to be my weekend off, but no. You're out here dragging your heavy ass through the burning desert with your dreadlocks sticking out the back of my parachute. You gotta come down here with an attitude acting all big and bad. And what the hell is that smell? <laughs> I could have been at a barbecue. But I ain't mad. <laughs> nice. Independence Day weekend. Uh, I thought a little Independence Day quote mm. would be apropos. Yeah, so, for sure. As you just said, of course, the, uh, the amateur fireworks artists are out in force <laughs> right like it was their job yeah like i i the the, the worst part of those people like i i get it like i i i, I certainly can't say like at, at some point in my life i haven't you know enjoyed firing off a half a stick of dynamite myself once or twice you know right right yeah, you know, we all we all go through that phase in our in our twenties. Um, you know, I have the hook hand to prove it. <laughs> you know, um, but at the same time, man, it's like I, I get like okay, like July third, like especially like like, it, like July third is a Saturday, July fourth is a Sunday. I'll even give you Monday for the holiday, the banking holiday, but wrap that shit up after that. Yeah, it just goes on for weeks. It's like Mardi Gras. The party yeah. never ends. Yeah, like it's it's like like somebody went out and like dropped a thousand dollars on fireworks, and then like instead of just blowing everything off on the fourth, they like well, we're gonna conserve some for the rest of July. Yeah. No. <laughs> get your grand worth. Yeah, get that shit all set off at once. <laughs> you know. And even then, like, I, I, I'll even give you, like, okay, 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock, you know. But that's, that's, that, that's cut that shit out. Right, right. Yeah. 11.01, that, that's put, you know, respect your neighbors. Yeah, no, doesn't happen. No, not at all. Some of these yahoos are out to one or two in the morning firing shit off. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. And my dog goes nuts. I mean, I mean, I couldn't get her off of me. Yeah. Like, thank goodness, like, I mean, in his younger days, like, Dritz didn't care for fireworks. So he didn't care for thunder. Like, thunder sent him scrambling. So, yeah. like, fireworks, like, really fucked him over. It's so, like, like mm. not at least half death. He's got no clue what's going on. Right. But, uh, Sabine, like, last night I was sitting there watching TV, and, uh, you know, she... There was some fireworks going off nearby, some big bangers, and she was in the window, and she came scrambling out like, <laughs> like her ass was on fire, you know. All right, right. And I was like, oh wow, okay. So I just don't like. I'm not a fan of aerials. In dude, if you own a half acre of land, go for hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I'd probably do it if I owned that much land. Yeah. You know, or an acre of land or two acres, three acres. Whatever. Parking lot somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, you can't light that shit off in the middle of Sesame Street. You know no. what I mean? Like, you no, can't. I mean, you just, all these homes are wooden. Yeah, all, all those houses are wooden, and there's like six inches between each one. Right. It just, it's crazy. Yeah. But motherfuckers are out back in their backyard acting like they're, they're Kennywood. Yeah. And there's phone lines. There's yeah electric lines. There's tons of lines and poles. And everything that can go wrong is can go wrong with lighting fireworks off in the city. Yeah. I mean, you just, it is. It's yeah. what it is. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't do it here at my place. Right. So, I don't know. It's just something yeah. to deal with. And got to give the dog Benadryl. And, yeah, that yeah, sucks. All this shit just to get her calmed down a little bit. So. Ahsoka <laughs> so- is watching you. Stoic. She is. She does that. Huh? She will do that. Like, she'll have that like that high pose. Like, for those of you, like, Ahsoka, my cat. She's sitting on the desk with me, but she's like, st- she was staring at the screen. You know, she's sitting high and pretty, like kind of like, but she's just watching Ian. Like, <laughs> I knew he tried to eat my head once. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, what have you been up to? You watch anything? I have. Okay. Um, I've been binging the zoo or zoo. Okay. Yeah. I actually like it. It's pretty good. I heard it was interesting. Yeah. I'm digging it. Um, it was like one of the CBS summer series a couple, a few years ago. Like it was yeah, like on, on in the summertime. I'm on the second season, about eight season episode eight or something like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's really good. I, I was, I didn't think it was going to be good, yeah. but I'm a sucker for those animal attack movies anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the old oh, ones. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. And uh, yeah, I really like it. The beginning of it reminded me a lot of Lion in the Darkness. <laughs> yeah. Um, me and Nancy were just talking about that movie. That's, that's funny you bring it up. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of that, especially yeah. the, when they're in Africa. Yeah. Um, but like scientifically, it, I don't know, it's sound, you know what I mean? It's sound science fiction sort of, you know what I mean? So yeah, I watched that. Um, so I'm continuing to watch that. I really like it. I really like the characters too. Um, and I think the same guy in this is in, uh, what is it? Sweet tooth. No, okay. The big guy. Um, but I like him, too. So, I mean, like, I think that's why I chose to watch this. Um, and I really liked it. I haven't been disappointed yet. It's really good. Yeah. I like it a lot. That's cool. Um, and the animals look good. I mean, like, it's pretty neat what they're doing with it. And, yeah. you know, end of times type of shit. So, I did watch that. I did watch America, the movie. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Uh, it was fucking, it was funny. Like, real funny. Yeah. Um. So I watched that. Um. 
I mean, there's not much to say about that movie except it's just it's a funny movie. Yeah. Um, cartoon, I should say. And uh, I watched the new. Uh, um. Uh, what the fuck is it? Chris Pratt movie. Oh, the Tomorrow War. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Yeah, I liked it. Critics are dogging it. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I was pretty entertained the entire time I was watching it. And I was yeah. like on edge at some points. I was like really on edge watching it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. So. Yeah, I wanted. To, I was going to watch that yesterday. Because uh, my schedule changed. Um. For three weeks, because I'm I'm doing uh, I'm helping with a, a training class, and uh-huh. uh, so you got me working nine to five thirty, mm. which is horrible, you know, for for me. But yeah. like last night, like it was cool because it was like okay, well I've got time. Well, I ended up I ended up watching because I, like, I told myself like well, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish Stargate because I was on the last episode. Mm. I'm gonna finish Stargate, and then I'll. I'll watch Tomorrow War. And for some reason, like, I, so I watched Stargate, and the way it ended, I'm like, this isn't right. There's, there's got to be more of this. And I looked up, and there's a movie I had to watch that I watched today. So I, I officially finished Stargate SG-1 today with uh, uh-huh. the arc, watching the movie Stargate, The Ark of Truth. Um, but yesterday, I watched, uh, I got into, I, I put this on my, um, like, my list because it looked interesting to me. And it's a show called uh, Startup. Okay. And the basic concept of the show is it's got Adrian Brody in it. And Adrian Brody, like most people who know him, know him from the OC. Yeah. He also he also was the uh, one of the um, the Marvel family in the uh, in Shazam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, yeah. In, in in Shazam, he he took the place when when they all took when all, all the kids grabbed the staff and said Shazam. You sure it's he Adrian was one, Brody? Adrian Brody, yeah. Okay. He's the one who became uh the 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 kid that the kid that had the handicap, the kid that had the the, the crutches. Okay. When he when he when he says Shazam, that's who he turns into. Okay. Um, they kind of put a face to him so you recognize him. Uh but he he plays a like a a banker, and it turns like his dad is apparently like this scumbag who does like Ponzi schemes and like launders money for anybody. Okay. And uh, it's got Martin Freeman in it, who plays an FBI agent who is a total dickhead. <laughs> Like I mean, it's like amazing. Like like, like the Martin Freeman. Like I'm, I'm you know, he's, he's the Hobbit. You know, he's he's Watson. You know, he, you know, uh, Martin. He, I mean, he's Arthur Dent. Like you know, like the Martin Freeman I know from like typecasting is not, you know, this guy. And he's playing this a like, complete dickhead of a human being. And I'm just like, wow, this is different. Um, but the, this guy's being, you know, he's like Martin Freeman's like, you know, I want half of your last take. This guy gives his son the money to transfer it to an account. Uh-huh. 
And uh, instead, the kid invests the money in a cryptocurrency. Okay. This girl, this woman, she's starting her own cryptocurrency. Uh And, well, it turns out that some of the money (laughs) belonged to this Haitian gangster. Mm. And he wants the money back. And well, they all end up kind of working together. It's interesting. It's an interesting show. But it's like about like part of it's about like Miami and like mm. what a, an apparently horrible city that is. Mm. Um, part of it's about, you know, how fucked up the American dream really is. And part of it is, is you know, about like is about cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a show that came out like I think 2016. So it was kind of ahead of the, like this boom that we now have of of cryptocurrency. It was kind of like get ahead of the game on that, which is kind of interesting. But I watched about six episodes of this yesterday. It's a gripping show. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Like I, I highly recommend it. Like based upon six episodes, it's three seasons. Each season's ten episodes. It was a crackle original <laughs> you know that uh-huh. that uh streaming service but it, it's a really good show like i've been very impressed with it from like the standpoint like the story that they're telling and shit and it's right, right. i'm very intrigued like i want to see where it goes and how how this this all plays out because it's like it's one of those deals where it's like everybody kind of makes their own point about things it's like you know you know, the American dream is fucked up. It's it's, it's not real. You know, yeah. the the powers that be are never going to let something because like the the girl who's pushing this, who who's invented the cryptocurrency and the the algorithm for it, her whole basis is it it would grow upon itself. It's its own economy, which can't right. be controlled by a government. <clears throat> you know, so like her her thing is like, well, I want to help people, and you know, I want to help the people, and like. The Middle East who don't have access to banks and stuff like that. Well, you know, the other, the, you know, um, Adrian Brody, his character is like, well, you know, I see an opportunity to make money. And the, the Haitian gangster is like, and this is just a way for criminals to just run their money and, and, and get it clean real quick. <laughs> you know, I mean, and there's right, like right. three different takes on what this, this, the possibilities of this are. And, um, but all three of them agree, like, you know, the, like, you know, the, the powers that be would never let something like this come to life because it's a threat to the system that, that exists. Right, right. You know, so it's a, it's a very interesting take on, on all of this. I, I, I enjoyed it so far. It's Adam Brody. Adam Brody. Okay. Adrian, not, not, not Adrian Brody's Adrian Brody's the, uh, the wackadoo. Yeah, he was also in Predators. Predators, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff, but yeah. I just want to clear that thank up. Thank you, thank you for correcting. Yeah, because when you you're did, like Adrian Brody, I'm like, I don't think so. Because <laughs> if you didn't correct me, Stork will on Twitter. <laughs> right. He will anyway. He'll be like Adrian Brody. Come on, Sean. <laughs> I don't have any notes in front of me. I don't know. That's cool. But yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a good show so far, and uh, I'm gonna balance that. Like, I'm gonna watch a few episodes of that one night, and I'll watch. I started watching Stargate Atlantis. I know it's awful. Why? 
Why are you going down a Stargate hole? There's so much stuff to watch right now. <laughs> I, I know there is. It's just, you you know what? Like, It's like that. I'm sucked into the fandom now. Like, uh, and like some of what takes place in Stargate Atlantis, like I'm watching Stargate SG-1 and they keep referencing stuff that's happening on Atlantis. I'm like, why the fuck am I not understanding all this shit? Well, it's because yeah. the show started, started, started like in the middle of season eight, they launched Stargate Atlantis. And so like, there's a lot of crossover now between the two shows. Like as far as like, stuff you need to know i'm like what the fuck how am i missing this so now i'm watching stargate atlantis because i'm intrigued yeah you know and then after that will be stargate universe but atlantis is only for five seasons and stargate universe is only for two seasons it's a lot of stargate it is a lot of stargate i'm not denying that you know but it's like this thing like I missed out on, like I, you know, because it was it initiated on Showtime and like I didn't catch up with any of the other stuff. So I don't remember. I enjoyed Stargate SG One. It's just it it was a baton death march to get through all two hundred some odd episodes. Yeah. You know, so I mean that that was the that's the only problem with it. Like so, if you're gonna watch Stargate, I highly recommend it. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend watching the show. Just Maybe not do what I did and, and and plow through it, you know, for X amount of days straight. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Take breaks. Walk away from it for a minute. Yeah. But now I'm like so invested. It's like, well, since I'm so invested now, I might as well just get into Atlantis. That's like how my head works. But I'm like, I'm telling myself, no, you're gonna watch other things. You're not just gonna focus on this piece of shit. Not that it's a piece of shit, but like if I got a phone, I, I need to like you're right. Like I, there are other things I do need to watch, or that should I should be watching. So right, yeah, that's I need to. Uh, so that's what I think like tomorrow I'll, I'll probably watch Startup because I watch, I spent today watching, started watching Atlantis, and then Monday I'll go back to Atlantis. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I want. I, I think I told you I watched Black Summer second season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about it so far. I'm trying to think of anything else I saw. Of course, Loki. I'm watching Loki. I haven't watched this week's yet. It is very fucking interesting. Really? It is. <laughs> like, there, there, there was some shit that goes down in that episode. I was like, what the fuck? You know, there's only two episodes after this. Really? Yeah, it's only a six episode run. I wonder if it's going to be continued or not. I kind of, I like, unlike WandaVision, WandaVision was its own beast. It's like, it is a self contained story. And like, Falcon the Winter Soldier, I, you know, that was used to set up. You know, Captain America 4, whenever we get to that. Yeah. And kind of, you know, the next Avengers. Um, whereas Loki, like, I feel like, depending on how this ends, like, the manipulation of time, space, and the multiverse, you can have fun with this for yeah. a long time. And Loki's kind of like the right character to kind of, like, 
play in this sandbox with. Yeah, sure. You know. Plus, I mean, just, you know, I need more Hiddleston. Yeah, I mean, he's acting well. I mean, yeah. this is good. Yeah. So is Wilson. Yeah. So. Now I've always liked Dylan Wilson, so. Yeah. It's just weird to see him in this role, but he fits it very well. Yeah. So anyway. So did, did you see, um, it was just announced today, and they had a, mi- a minor trailer for it. It was not even a trailer. It was more of like an explanation. But apparently um, in September, Mm-hmm. On Disney Plus, they're going to be releasing a a series of animated shorts for Star Wars, but from Anime Studios. Okay. No, I didn't like, see that. Yeah. That kind of piqued your interest. Like you're, like, you're not really an anime fan, though, are you? Not really. No. Nah. Not too much. Like, I was back in the day. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I'm not even going to count, like, Speed Racer and Star Blazers and Transor Z and Robotech. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's anime. Don't get me wrong. But it's, like, Americanized anime. Um, <clears throat> like, I, I did watch, like, like you know, uh, Bubblegum Crisis and Gunsmith Cats, Rival One Half, Ninja Scroll. You know, um, we all watched have seen Akira at least once yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Um, even if you're not an anime fan, somehow you just you get to see Akira somehow. Um, like the the other Macross stuff. Like I, I so I, I I dig like in the '90s I did dig anime and I'd like go out of my way to like watch it and I have some DVDs still. Uh-huh. Um, like modern anime, like I just can't get into that much. Like I, but I still do still like 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 Studio Ghibli like that that stuff is still like very cool to me. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but um, I remember when the Matrix did this between Matrix One and Matrix Two, they released the Animatrix, and uh, it was like kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like it was like okay, like different interpretations of the Matrix world based upon these anime directors and then uh a few years ago they did it also with batman um i can't remember what it was called batman gotham knight that's what it was called where again it was like these anime directors with their interpretation of of batman yeah that was kind of interesting so like i'm intrigued to see what you know because a First off, I mean, a lot of Star Wars stuff is is based upon, you know, Japanese filmmaking. Like, you know, the Akira Kurosawa films. You know, Lucas is freely admits he stole from those. And, you know, and, and you know, the lore of the samurai and, and shit like that is a lot of, you know, Jedi code is taken from, from shit like that. Mm. Um, even, like, the the animation style for, like, uh, well, it's not the animation, but, like, the art directors and like uh ralph mcquery like you know there was a, a definite like if you look at that there was like a, a bit of an a japanese tone to like the look of vader and like the, the those original um concept art designs and shit from back in the day yeah so 
Um, you know, the Star Wars definitely has a its roots deep in in Japanese culture. Um, so I was intrigued to see what like you know anime directors and and writers come up with for for something Star Wars ish. It kind of interests mm-hmm. me a little bit. Like I'm not like you know I can't wait for this, but you know I'll definitely watch. Yeah. Where are they going with it? I think it's just going to be like like in the like little one shot stories. They're probably not even going to be considered canon, um, mm-hmm. but like just like your interpretation of Star Wars. Yeah. In some some fashion, you know, that's kind of where I think they're going with that. Because I think it's going to be more artsy than it is, you know. Um action-packed yeah yeah. you know what i mean that's what i'm expecting a little bit more a little bit more on the artsy side yeah yeah. Mm. so i've heard rumors of um what do you call it favreau and what's his name dave filoni yeah yeah taking the helm here for for certain here's the thing with that i think they already have the helm like this is the thing this is the 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 trolls that are saying that kathleen kennedy has to be fired Uh like this is like where this like you the places you see stuff like this i those are websites i don't trust at all like usually it's like like uh I can't remember the names of the sites. Like I usually see them, I'm like, yeah, no, you're 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 never right. But they're the ones who are always like, yo, Kathleen Kennedy's out. And yeah. I don't think she's anywhere near being out. But I definitely think like Disney's <laughs> approached her and said, oh, okay, like you really fucked up that trilogy. <laughs> um, yeah, that the ending of that trilogy was garbage, and we need to fix this. So, like, we we think what we need to do is actually have like something like we have at Marvel. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that's like, we need, we need a Kevin Feige over here. You're not that guy, but you can handle the stuff we want you to handle. Right. right. Like, you know, I, but we think, you know, like the, 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 the story group, the, the real problem is the story group. Like this, this Lucasfilm story group that's headed by Pablo Hidalgo. Nice enough guy. I've seen interviews with him. He's a very interesting person, very knowledgeable in Star Wars stuff. You know, he he's like one of those guys that like, you know, read the back of every fucking card. So he like, you yeah. know, for Finger and Dan, he knows all the information that you need to know on him. You know, yeah. but it's like one of those things where it's like wait and I'm gonna eat shit for this, I know. But like when they greenlit the last Jedi it was like nobody sat there and said, well, how does this fit in with the last movie? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, this is the expectation from the last, like again, I mean, the problem is like, and, and everybody's admitted it, you know, JJ's basically admitted like they had no plan. Yeah. You know, there was no, there was no through stories, but, but nobody questioned Ryan Johnson. Like, okay, here are the beats that we need to hit. You can do what you want. But these are things that have to be in place. 
and there was right. none of that done. And part of that, to me, doesn't it, it doesn't just fall on Kathleen Kennedy. It falls on Pablo Hidalgo and his storybook story group because they're the ones who are supposed to be like like the caretakers of this shit and making stories, making sure that everything fits in canon. Right, right. You know, and that that's that's where I think they've gone wrong, and that's where I think they need to correct is this this story group. I think the story group needs to be like disbanded you know Paulo Hidalgo needs to be out of a job okay and, and I hate to say that I, mean, I hate to see anybody be fired especially in you know these economic times but you know I'm sure you, you've got a, a nice paycheck from this and you've already got something scrolled away but you know this needs to be put in the hands of of creatives who can sit down and look at it a five and ten year plan like Marvel does yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all I was seeing, I mean, looking back at this last series, I mean, yes, there were some new things, but there was just kind of, just kind of, the same old shit. I don't know how else to describe it. Here's Everything was so familiar, and... You know, everything, and it just didn't, like, I, I think we wanted something new, something fresh, you know what I mean? And it just didn't really lean to that. I, I wanted something fresh, but at the same time, I wanted something that felt, that felt like home. Like, yeah. and that's what, the, the, and that's what the, the, the Force Awakens does. The Force Awakens feels like home. Yeah. It felt like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it did. Here, here's the difference, though. Like, like. You you look at the, the the sequel trilogy and the and the flaws that it has in all three movies, and you look at what Dave Filoni, based upon one line of dialogue in Revenge of the Sith, because remember the Clone Wars cartoon comes out after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Okay. Based upon one line of dialogue. Between General Grievous on, on the bridge of Grievous's ship at the beginning of that movie, where he looks at Anakin Skywalker and says, I thought you'd be taller. Yeah. That indicates that they've never met each other before. Uh-huh. So now, over a seven year arc of storytelling, based upon that one line of dialogue, Dave Filoni has to make sure Anakin Skywalker, the hero of the story, and General Grievous, the main protagonist of the story, never meet. Right. Based on that one line of dialogue, he does that. Yeah. You know, that, that, there was no Pablo Hidalgo telling him you can't do this. It was ba- – Filoni says, like, based on that one line of dialogue, I had to keep them separated for – you know, they could never meet. They could never come right. across each other. Right. You know, and how do you do that with your main hero and your main protagonist? Right, right. I think it's almost impossible, but he did it. He did it very well. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the difference like, in what we're talking about here. You know, and I know J.J. Abrams can do that. Like, yeah. and that, but that, again, that, that's where the problem lies is they didn't have that person. They relied on a on this story group to kind of look at this that script like go from 
the the Force Awakens to the Last Jedi, and they approved it. They said, "Yeah, this works." Well, no, it really doesn't. As good as that movie is, as much as I love everything that that movie does, almost. And we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but like they don't fit together. And so because of that, between the second and the third movie, it doesn't fit together. Right. Because of this story group kind of saying, hey, it works for me. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't fit. No. But you're right. I thought Force did feel like a Star Wars movie. I I felt like it was. That whole movie was intense. Like, don't get me wrong. Like. I agree with the people who will say the Force Awakens is nothing more than a a retread of A New Hope. You're, well, you're kind of yeah. right. right. I'm not going to deny that. But you, but after the the prequel trilogy, you kind of needed that. Yeah. You yeah. needed to come home again, and then like the second movie needed to be something fresh, which is what Ryan Johnson did. Is just the old square peg round hole metaphor I've used for those two movies for years. Right. And then you get the, you know, the rise of Skywalker, and now you've got the triangle peg that you're trying to fit, and that's, you know, and it didn't fit at all. No. You know, so. I mean, it's there's a lot of people who are at fault for that, but I, I don't like, and Kathleen Kennedy should be held accountable. I'm not denying that for a second. But I also think she's smart enough to, you know, she was smart enough to, like, look at what was going on with Solo and say, okay, we need to cut this shit out. <laughs> Let's bring in Opie. He'll <laughs> save the day, you know. Um, I mean, she was smart enough to, to you know, <clears throat> greenlight the Mandalorian to put a guy like uh, John Favreau in charge of that. Yeah. yeah. You know, You know, she was smart enough to keep Dave Filoni around you know, who's yeah. as close to being George Lucas as you can get, you know? So, I mean, she's a smart woman. I think she makes right decisions, but I, I think this decision from the very beginning by Disney, and I'm sure she was involved with that to not have a Kevin Feige like figurehead to navigate this story and plot out a five and 10 year plan is their biggest mistake. Right. Right. I have not, there's not a doubt in my mind Kevin Feige knows what movie's being released on what date 10 years from now. Yeah. You know, he has a plan. He, he, you know, this next generation, this post, um, you know, Infinity War or post Endgame Marvel Cinematic Universe, he has a plan for it. And he has that plan for like the next 10 years. There's not a doubt in my mind. That that's yeah. just how he thinks, it, and it showed with the first ten years. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, like, I have no doubt he he has a game plan of some type that he wants to execute to get to that that ten that that twenty year point in this whole comic book universe that he's ushered in. Right, right. And uh, but that's the difference. Yeah, I hear you. And that's what I think Filoni and I think um, oh, what's it? Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what Filoni and Favreau do is they can they can be those guys who can plot out those next ten years. Favreau may not stick around. Like he, you know, he he may want to do other shit, 
But, you know, Filoni's a lifer. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he is. And honest to God, like, he, he is. He's... He has studied under the feet of George Lucas. You know, he's the closest, like I said before, and I'll say it again, he's the closest thing you have to George Lucas. Right. Because he studied under George with the Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, he paid close attention, and he understands that. And it shows, like, when you get to, like, Star Wars Rebels, like, you know, that was without George. That was that was post-bio. <laughs> and that show had an amazing five-year run where I was just like, holy shit, that was good. Yeah. You know. So, and the one cartoon they did without Filoni, I didn't care for. So, and that that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the guy. Yeah, I hear you. You know. But, I mean, otherwise, that's just, that's trolls trolling. Trolls doing their thing. <clears throat> so, one of the things we've been tracking here, at least I have, and dragging you down this rabbit hole with me, mm. has been post, um, I don't want to say pandemic because that's not right. Um, I guess post, um, Post lockdown, I guess we'll we'll call it. Post uh, post social distancing. Okay. Um, box offices. Okay. And again, the reason I bring it up is, you know, we we talked about a couple weeks ago the disappointment that they had within the Heights its opening weekend, and how it didn't draw like they were hoping it would. And mm-hmm. then I talked about like, the next big movie that was coming out was going to be, you know, Furious Nine. Mm. The, the saga continues <laughs> and um now it it last last week when it debuted it debuted with a pandemic record of 70 million dollars okay but this is still in my opinion like 70 million is a good good take but that's still kind of <sighs> less than i think experts were were expecting mm-hmm I think they were hoping this was going to be the the, the first hundred million dollar uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here Variety has the F9 box office pulling around seventy million in its opening weekend, which is more than enough to surpass the previous pandemic box office record set by A Quiet Place Two at the end of May. It's also more than the opening weekend haul for Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, which only had sixty million opening weekend, which is shocking because that's a really good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a fun, fun movie. Um, so even with the pandemic, F9 still performed very well. Um, in a fun bit of trivia, F9 did so well in the drive-in box office area that Forbes responded it boosted the box office performance of Nobody by. Th- 3.016% in its 13th weekend on the charts. So apparently this was playing with, you know, at the drive-ins with nobody. I guess with the drive-ins, you have to show that box office is for both movies, not just one. Yeah. Um, playing in just 110, 110 theaters right now, the drive-in bo- boost breaks down to 
$4,545 per theater average. That doesn't mean that everybody who saw F9 stuck around for nobody, but it certainly is helpful to Universal's bottom dollar for the action flick starring Bob Odekirk. Good for them. Um, filling out the rest of the box office, we have A Quiet Place 2, still holding strong with another $6.2 million over the weekend. And after sitting in theaters for five weeks, the sci-fi horror sequel sits at a domestic total of $136 million. That's not too far from the $188 million domestic haul the original movie received. But says the sequel was slated to hit Paramount Plus 45 days after its theatrical release. That could end up hurting the final numbers of the sequel. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, taking third place is Lion Gate's action comedy sequel to Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard with $4.8 million in its second weekend. That's a bit of a steep drop with a 57% less than the opening weekend. Um, so I guess, I guess first off, I mean, are you surprised by this $70 million debut by, by F9? Um, not really. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm not really surprised. I mean, the big movies, I think are going to be in that range. Do you know what I mean? Um, but if you'd have a so-so movie, I don't think you have a prayer. I, I don't, because no. I think people are going to be like, the people that go out and see it are going to tell the other people that, eh, just wait for it to come out. It'll be out in 30 days. Yeah. I wouldn't waste <laughs> You know what I mean? Are you surprised that... The movie going public hasn't come back in full force. Um, yeah, I guess a little bit. I mean, I th- I thought that there would be more people going to the theaters, you know, once they opened up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't think it was going to go back to full. Right. You know what I mean? But I think people have become relaxed in this world of yeah I'm just watching it huh you know what I mean right I mean that's why I'm saying like the big ones like F9 and you know these big movies I think they're going to plow in there and see it and pull decent numbers um, but nothing like they did before and then with your bottom feeder type movies not necessarily that they're all bad I'm just saying like your right. do- your bottom feeder movie they're just going to wait, wait to watch it. You know what I mean? Now, do you think this is going to hurt? Like, this... Now, are you, are you, I guess I guess the question is, are you, are you saying that this is a mentality based upon what streaming is now bring, making available to you with the 45-day window? Yeah. Because, like, the next question becomes, like, how does this affect concerts? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know what it's going to be like. I know we have. Um, I know we have some shows coming up. End yeah. of summer, October, September. So I'll see what the draw is. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I don't know. How comfortable are you going to be? I don't know. Uh, right now, with our numbers in Allegheny County, I'm pretty comfortable. Okay. Being vaxxed. Um, but I mean, it, I mean let's face facts. Like, if you're going the, if you're going all the way out to Star Lake, that's not an Allegheny County. Like, you know, you're more likely to have people from other counties and even yeah, like other states. Yeah, I know. I'm not going. None of the concerts are out there. So. Okay. Um, I don't think. But um, yeah, no, I get it. Um, but being vaxxed at this point, uh, I'm pretty comfortable. I don't know. Am I still going to wear a mask? Yeah. Yeah. I'll still wear a mask. Um, and just you know do proper hand hygiene i I just don't know you know i I don't know i would feel really uncomfortable in a with people all over my back though yeah like packed in like that right i don't know it's going to be a new experience for me so like like the places you're going like the 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 venues you're going to or like how open are they or are they small are they like you know i don't know venues you know I, i honestly i only know of one uh, the other two, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think they're one of the other ones going to be at that venue too, but that's at um, not a place right down there. But stage A. Yeah. Okay. But the October one's inside. Yeah. And I think there's one outside, but I, I don't know. Like I said, you know, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been in this situation yet, so. Yeah. I you know I walked out of stores. In middle of pandemic that were too crowded um you know if there's too many people then i get the fuck out of there yeah you know? so we'll have to see it's gonna be a, it's gonna be weird so i would just have to i don't know i haven't crossed that bridge yet so right no i understand that i'm, I'm just curious out, I'll just wait outside yeah i'm i'm just curious because like I, I, I mean, one, I, I understand. Like, I understand your phobia. Like, you, you're you're a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I that's one thing I worry about with you in a situation like that, where it's gonna freak you the fuck out. Yeah, and so if I get too freaked out, I'll just go outside. Right. Outside. Um. Or away from. Yeah. The big conglomerate. Yeah, because like I like. Like I think of a situation like a. Like going to the Metropole. Or whatever the hell it's called now, and like seeing a concert there, like that, that that would be a a tight fit. Like you know, that's like five six hundred people. You know? Yeah. I know. So like you know, shit like that like makes I can see you getting nervous and um, but like it's like it's just that situation where like you, you're kind of I'm kind of watching like a lot of these concerts are kind of like especially big ones are kind of like you know. We're we're all systems go, you know. Right, right, right. Um, I think most of them like like stadium tours are still being put off till next year. I think like the that big Poison, Def Leppard, Motley yeah, yeah. Crew, Joan Jet show. That's you know that'll be at Heinz Field in 2022, from what I understand. Yeah, I, think I, I don't know. I think they're giving Vince a chance to work off some of that that weight and remember the lyrics. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a, 
Um, but yeah, so like I, I, it's like because like a lot of the concerts that you and your family go to are smaller venues. Usually. Usually, yeah. Like yeah, you know, I mean, you go the the, the, the occasional one at Starlight, but for the most part, like like your family's going to like you know small venues to see these shows and like especially like post lockdown you know right i don't see where that could be kind of concerning i don't go to as many shows as they go to though right you know what i mean right like uh there's there's a couple shows that i would like to go to um you know um that I have that they that they bought me tickets for Angels and Airwaves for Father's Day. Um, that's one show I wanted to go to. That one's in yeah. October at a. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Um, another show we're going to, and I don't, I'm not sure what the other one is. I just can't remember. They have it all listed. Yeah. Atlantis, I think, is one, but. Um, So in in other news, I found this fascinating. I wanted to touch on it last week, and we didn't get to, so I held it on to it for this week. Okay. Steven Spielberg has inked a deal with Netflix. Really? Yeah. So it's technically not for Spielberg. It's for Amblin Entertainment. Um, okay. The acclaimed filmmaker who once seemed publicly adverse to the idea of streaming has just signed a deal for his Amblin Partners production company to produce multiple movies for Netflix per per year. Okay. But this doesn't mean that all of Spielberg's new films are going straight to the streamer. Amblin Partners also has an ongoing deal with Universal for theatrical releases. Um, so... It's one because Spielberg's one of those guys who was like, yeah, if it's on a, if it was on a streaming service, it should be eligible for an award. Yeah, like you know, he was very anti uh, anti streaming service for quite some time, and now here he is, kind of putting his production company in a position with um the biggest streaming company in the world um for for a point of clarification this amblin netflix deal is specifically for amblin partners a production company that is a distinct entity from amblin entertainment 
According to their official website, Amblin Partners is a film and television production company led by Steven Spielberg that develops and produces film using the Amblin Entertainment and Dream, DreamWorks Pictures banners and includes Amblin Television, a longtime leader in quality programming. Um, I'm not quite sure what that means. It seems like it's like it, it sounds to me like, like like they were like, okay, we have Amblin and we have a deal with Universal for theatrical releases, but that other shit we want to do, we're gonna put under Amblin Partners. We're gonna put that on Netflix, right? Like, which is kind of like it, it's still to me, it's still Spielberg kind of acknowledging that that the world is changing. Right, right. You know, yeah, I, I, that's my thought too. Yeah. Like here, here's a guy who who was vehemently against streaming, and now it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I gotta get a like to dip my beak in that that that, that well. Well, I mean, <laughs> the world has changed. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I just wonder. I just wonder how long it's gonna take others. Like, is like another guy who's who's like vehemently anti-streaming is like Christopher Nolan. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's, he's definitely pro theater. Um, his movies are meant to be seen and he, and he makes them that way. And they're meant to be screen seen on, on an IMAX screen. Yeah. Um, I just wonder how long it's going to take guys like him to come around to, you know, this is the way, the way of the future. This is where, things are going and maybe only event movies are released in theaters yeah like the the day the thing the thing i wonder about with like in in this i wonder if this signals this is like the day of like the 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 multiplex maybe dying yeah like we may be going back to like only having like a like three theaters in a building. Yeah, yeah. Because there's not like, you know, the, at the time there was a glutton of movies that were being released to movie theaters. Now maybe not as much. Well, you also have to have the clientele to support the services you want to give in those multiplexes. Right. Like the bar and the food and the, you know what I mean? All of that stuff. You have to have the people in order to be able to sell that. If they don't have the people, they're not making their money off that because that's where they're getting their money. Right. You know what I mean? Then, you know, you're kind of shit out of luck or you're going to raise ticket prices. <clears throat> well, I mean, like, also, like, I mean, I, I look at it this way, like, you know, Phoenix, the, the Phoenix Theater and North for Sales, uh-huh. like, they kind of saw this, like, years ago because they, like, sacrificed two of their theaters to put in that trampoline park. Yeah. Like that, they are finding other ways to use their space, and like, you know, back at that time, like I thought, like, wow, you sacrificed two movie theaters for a trampoline park? Yeah. That seems foolish. Now I'm looking at it, going, that was ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because I mean, like, you just kind of you look at like like AMC, you look you look at. You know some of these other other chains, and you go like, man, like, you know, the the one not the waterfront, like that, that's got twenty two theaters in it. I know. You know, 
like there's going to come a point where like, you know, there might not be enough movies to support having 22 theaters. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess like, it's that weird thing of, of like, you know, I look at, you know, Spielberg, who's been like, you know, kind of coming around and saying, oh, OK, like we need to acknowledge this and and work with these people as a sign of once again, the you know, the slow death of the movie theater. But maybe that that could be staved off by. You know smaller theaters right you know i don't know like it's like it's like a hard thing of like you know how's it gonna work out because like you you even like i i wonder like okay if 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 you put yourself in a situation where you knew avengers endgame you could watch on disney plus in 45 days hmm from the from its release date would you have been as quick to see it in the theater yeah <laughs> I, I i agree like because to me like that movie had to be seen in the theater right but I, I i think there are people who are out there who are going like i think the average movie goer because that's a billion dollar movie you know that uh-huh. that's, that wasn't seen by just comic book nerds that right. wasn't just seen by people who go to the movie. Like that was like that movie of like it crossed it. Well, yeah, mom, dad, and the kids, you know, right. are gonna go see Avengers. <laughs> mom has no idea what's going on, but you know, she's just there for the wine. Yeah, I mean, it shit like that were like now like that that demographic may be saying to themselves, Well, I'll just wait till it comes on Disney Plus. That's why I'm paying ten bucks for it. Right, right. You know, don't worry, kids. We're gonna see it. We're just gonna see it in forty-five days. Yeah. I'm, you know. Yeah. And like I said, I think there's some movies that people are gonna just run out to go see. Yeah. Like I think that when Doctor Strange comes out, I think people will run to that. Guardians of the Galaxy. People are gonna run to go see it. Yeah. Right, I, I agree. Like I, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Like I'm on the fence. Like I don't. Like I, there's a part of me that wants to go see Suicide Squad in the theater. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, man, save your money, watch it at home. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wait for Dune. Yeah. But that's you, you know that's, that's gonna flop. I do. Okay, I'm just making sure you are prepared yourself for that. I have. <clears throat> I, I, I have. And it's like this thing, like, I don't know. Like, I, that, I ha- there's not a doubt in my mind that this movie is going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is going to be this cinematic masterpiece based upon a masterpiece of a science fiction novel. And like, you're right. Like there's a, this part of me that's just like, this fucking thing is going to flop. Yeah. Nobody wants to see this. Except for the, yeah, except the for die the diehard fans. Yeah. yeah. And I know I'm right. 
I know you're right too. There's just not a there's just not a big following. But like, but see, I'm that's more, the thing that Marvel did so brilliantly is you know there wasn't a lot of people that followed. I mean, there was your Marvel fan base and there was your comic kids, but the, I mean, but you got to think there wasn't this huge astronomical following waiting for Iron Man to come out. No, Iron Man was a B-level character. Right. And so, but Marvel built it and built it and built it and kept adding on and building it and built the hype and then came out with Avengers. Right. You know what I mean? And like with Dune, you don't have that type of buildup. You, you, there's nowhere to, there's nowhere to build. I, I think you know where the build, the build has to be, and this is the problem. I think the, the pandemic has caused a problem, and then Warner Brothers has caused itself its own problem. They keep moving the damn thing around. Yeah. Like, it was supposed to come out in September, or, I mean, it was supposed to come out last year, and then they moved it to, like, this, the beginning of this year, then they moved it to September, and they just moved it again to, like, October, and it's just, like, just fucking stop moving and start promoting it yeah yeah you know what i mean like if if you if it's properly promoted as a an event right like this sci-fi epic that must be seen then you know maybe you get more than just the hardcore i've read dune i've watched the lynch version i watched the sci-fi version i you know I've, I've read all the books the, the, like those people will come out like they're going to come out of the woodwork no matter what. But like if you can make it so that at least like somebody who's interested in science fiction is it will come out and watch it too. Like that's what they, they have to find a way to properly promote this. And I right. like I'm just afraid it's going to fall into the, the, the same vein as, um you know, uh, Alita. Yeah, yeah. Like that movie flopped horribly, but as as you can attest, it is a far better movie than its box office was. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. It was a it was a great. I mean, it's a great concept. It 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 told a great story. Everything about it is phenomenal. And I mean, and you know, Robert Rodriguez was at the helm. You know, uh-huh. there's, there's talk about maybe doing a second, but who knows? But like, I, I just I feel like Dune's gonna fall in that same category of, you know, this is a phenomenal movie that wasn't properly handled, and it went from being a possible tentpole to to being like that. Well, we had just had to get it off our books, movie. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? And that that worries me. We'll see. Yeah, because I, I want it to work so fucking bad. But I am braced for the worst. I am absolutely braced for the worst. <laughs> but I'm also hoping, like, may, maybe, like, you know, you can sit there and say, well, you know, Warner Brothers released it same day on HBO Max, and maybe those numbers were really good. <laughs> How long is it? How long is the movie? Running time, yeah. Let me see if they have that yet. I don't even know if they've announced that yet. I mean, it's got to be a minimum of two and a half hours. 
Oh yeah. That's that's just till the first half of the book. Yeah. Is it a two-parter? I think it's supposed to be. Oh, uh, let's see here. Expect it's uh, expected to be released October twenty-second of twenty twenty-one. That's like the fifth time they've moved the fucking movie. Um. Yeah, they still haven't released a runtime for this. No. No. But. Like, this has to be like a situation, in my opinion, based upon what I've seen from the trailer. Yeah. That this only covers the first half of the book. Okay. Like if it covers any more, like if they if they try to jam the whole fucking thing into this movie, I'll be pissed because you can't do it's impossible to do. Right. It's just it's impossible to fucking do. I can't wait to hear Stork's opinion. I'll be like, who cares? It's sand. <laughs> it's a lot of sand. I care, my friend. I care. Me. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's go and dip our Tony on mailbag. All right. Me, and as always we start with a good friend super fan thad one of my two favorite fat alberts hey 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 cosby is out and ready to play what what did you think of that yeah any, any thoughts you'd like to share on the uh the freeing of bill cosby not really no. hey <laughs> Before I delve any further down this, I do I did want to touch on this. I forgot about this. I'm I'm glad oddly enough Thad reminded me. Uh-huh. This is this is off topic that we normally cover. Uh-huh. But um I'm sure you heard about that that sprinter, um, Shikari Richardson, who um she she's an Olympic um sprinter. Uh-huh. She she placed first in the one hundred meter um dash for the US. Yeah. To qualify for the Olympics. And then she popped for marijuana on her drug test and she has been disqualified. Okay. So what are your thoughts on on that? Well I'll probably eat shit for this too, but um Though I don't agree with it, you know what I mean? Right. Um, those are the rules. Yeah, I'm in the I same. Mean, like, I'm in the same boat. I, I'm I'm pro cannabis. Yeah. You know, I, I'm definitely. I believe it should be legalized for medicinal and recreational use. I have no problem with that. Um, I you know I I believe cannabis has a lot of 
properties. I think it's been proven time and time again, you know, the power of, of cannabis with over modern uh, pharmaceutical uh, technology. Mm. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm also like, and you know, you're going to get drug tested. Yeah. You know, I mean, like this is the biggest moment of your life. Yeah. And like, whether it was, you know, prescribed, like, I don't know what, you know, she lives in a state where it's legal for medicinal purposes, but if it's still considered, you know, a, a banned substance by the, the IOC, you have to abide by those rules. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I you know, <clears throat> biggest moment in your life and you're going to smoke a joint. I, I'm just saying, I, not necessarily that's what she did. I'm just saying that, <clears throat> I mean, if this is the biggest moment in your life, you better make sure your eyes are dotted and your T's are crossed. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just saying, if I was going to the Olympics for anything, <laughs> yeah, I would make sure that I am, I, I'm going to make sure everything's in order before I even get in there. Right. Like Whether I, you're I, against I, it or you're not, those are the right. rules. Like, and, and like, my, my, my thing is like, you know, do I, do I think they should be testing for, for THC? No, I don't. No, but I the don't. Fact the, the fact of the matter is they do. And those are the right. rules that you have to abide by. Right. And these are not, you know, <laughs> go out and test the American sports teams. <laughs> See what you come back with. Well, I think the NBA is the only one that doesn't. The, the NBA is the only one of the the four major um, pro sports that they do not test for, for THC. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the NFL is starting to turn a blind eye to it. I've, I've heard people talk about that, that the NFL is kind of like saying like, uh, you know, because I, I think the, the, the big thing with the NFL and it's funny, the, the complaint from NFL players is you are, you're okay with me taking an opioid, having an opioid prescribed and getting addicted to that right. where THC does a better job of, of healing my pain. And, it doesn't have the addictive properties that, that an opioid does. Right. So I think exactly. the NFL, like the NFL is like, I think it's still on their banned list, but I think the NFL is starting to turn a blind eye to it to say like, yeah, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of right. You know? Right. Because they don't want their players hooked on pain pills. Right. But that's what they're doing is like, yeah. that, that's what they've been doing is like, that's been the policies. We'd much rather you get hooked on pain pills than, than, <laughs> You know, ingest or smoke a lot. Yeah, I know. I get. Yeah, it. it's it's crazy. It doesn't make um, sense. Yeah, I mean, and there have been players like uh, I want to say it was Ant. I, I don't want to. I I don't want to say because I don't remember the player's name. But there Morris. was somebody. Yeah, Bam Morris. Yeah, but there was <laughs> one guy who recently, like he retired recently. He was like, man, I was high before every game. I found a way to get high because I needed to be. Like, wow. Okay. 
He played at a high level. Like I wish I could remember. I know it was a wide receiver, but I can't remember who precisely. But and uh, it was just like one of those eye-opening things. Like there, there have been a few eye-opening things recently. Like with hearing like NFL players talk about like pain management and shit like that. Right. You know, they they have to go through. And I was just like, wow, I can't even imagine. You know. <laughs> right. And they're right though. Like you know, T- THC is a is a better choice than, than an opioid. Any day of the week. Any day of the week. Yeah. And um. And again, I I understand this young lady's point of view of like you know, in her mind she didn't do anything wrong. Right. But at the same time, if if you know the IOC is not turning a blind eye to it, then. You know, you gotta like you said dot your eyes and cross your T's and do it. You know, do everything straight. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, and I mean everybody, everybody I saw like, and and, and they're trying to make it like a a race thing because like, well, when Michael Phelps was was seen with a a blunt, you know, nothing happened to him. Well, he was suspended for ninety days, and it was three months after the Olympics. Right. Not while he was, you know, getting out of the pool from the Olympic trials. <laughs> right. You know, so there's a big difference in, in, you know, the the two situations. But, you know, at the same time, like, it's just, it's like, you know, biggest moment of your life. And this is how you fuck it up. Yeah. Like, that's just something I, I feel bad for, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. Because if you don't have enough common sense not to do that or get that in your system before the games, yeah, and during the the trials, yeah. then you just you reap what you sow. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I. I, I I agree with you. I, like, I, and I, I'm not saying, and I'm not against pot at all. Yeah. But you got to follow the rules that are in place, and those are the rules. Yeah, they're not going to bend the rules just for you. That applies to everybody going to the Olympics. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I always love, and it, I mean this is the best example. Like there are guys, like especially especially in the NFL and especially in Major League Baseball, they will buy shit over the counter. It is completely legal to buy this. And they take it, and it turns out there's something in that that is banned by the league, and they take a drug test, and they pop it for it. Mm-hmm. They're suspended for, like, you know, 20 games in the in, yeah. in baseball. Yeah. And it's like, well, I bought this over the counter. I didn't know. Well, you have a guy in your training facility you were supposed to take that shit to so that they can look it over and tell you whether or not it's legal for for the league. So yeah, if yeah. you didn't do that, like if you just bought something over the counter, that you even though it's like perfectly legal to buy it, it still has a banned substance in it from by the league. That's on you. Yeah, that's that's you know? that's on you. And yeah, you're right. I mean, that's I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 a it is a matter of personal responsibility with what you're put, like especially as an athlete, what you're putting in your body. And again, like I get it, like it's you know you're smoking weed, or or however she took it, helps heal your body after training. 
because I'm sure whatever kind of training she goes through is extraordinarily intense and 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 probably very difficult on her body. But mm. man, you you got to know what you're putting in your system. Yeah, you know, especially with all these banned substances that you're not allowed to have in your system. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And like, and after the shit that took place, like with like the Russians a few years ago with with those Olympics and you know the switching of urine and everything else that was involved with that. You know, you know that they're 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 up everybody's ass. Oh, I know. You know. So every time I, I think of every time I think of uh, um Russian athletes getting banned, you know, because of you know, yeah, performance enhancing drugs. I always think of Rocky Four. I, oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know why my brain takes me there, but I, yeah. I think they're all in a facility like that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Get injected. <laughs> well, like I mean, like in the '80s, like I just remember, like, like Russian gymnasts were like these, like monsters. Like, yeah, these like monsters are like flying through the air and shit. You're just like, I'm just picturing them like it, 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 you know, Drago's facility, like, you know, <laughs> taking a shot and shit. Like, Let me give you a shot. This one's called the Chernobyl. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. <laughs> Russian figure skaters who were just like, like, look like something out of like the, the, the fucking monster squad from a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. You're just like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Fl- like you're, they're doing like triple axles and shit. Like you know, you're like, holy hell! Did you see his hang time? Drink this diluted wolf piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I have no doubt. Like like, like the West, the East Germans and this shit were just like you know, running ex- all these experimental cocktails. Like you know, we 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 found this stuff at at, at you know, Count Dracula's castle. Drink <laughs> it. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, Here's a little bit of Stalin's blood. Yeah. This'll... Just rub it into the wound. <laughs> uh, uh, now you've got hepatitis C. <laughs> right. And we can cure that too. Just get a silver or gold. We'll cure you when you're done. Oh, it's tremendous. Going back to Thad's email. <laughs> How big do you think his prison wallet is now that he has been released from prison? No, I'm not talking about Ian. I mean Bill Cosby. Oh, I knew Thad was going to have a, a ton of fun with the, the cause he release. Thad continues, I love LARPing. Platypus and I play this all the time. We get to dress up and hit, hit each other with foam swords. I have a rule, loser gets pegged. Let's just say I have never won before. Somehow that's not shocking and somehow I believe you're possibly throwing the game. <laughs> you sick, sick bastard. 
If Snow White married Jon Snow, would she be Snow Snow? That's a good question. I believe she would go hyphenated, so she would be Snow White Snow. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Only 14 more years till he is paid in full. (laughs) It's true. Every July 1st, Bobby Bonilla walks into the bank like a pimp. What is that about? When Bobby Bonilla played for the Mets Uh in the 90s. Yeah. He he signed a deal, and like to get rid of him, like they extended his contract, so like he gets like one point three million. I can't remember what it's like one point three million a year every July first to like what uh was it twenty thirty thirty five. Holy hell! Yeah, because he signed because he signed like this like monstrous like hundred million dollar deal with the Mets. And they're like, we can't afford to pay this, but we'll, we'll 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 just since it's guaranteed, we'll just push it out over the next forty years. So every July first, he gets like one one point three million from the Mets. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's a pretty yeah, good deal. It is. And then, like, also on July 1st, I, I saw somebody say he also gets, like, $800,000 from the the Marlins. Like, because they had to do the same thing where, like, he signed a ridiculous deal with, with the Florida Marlins. And they had to, like, push it out because it was all Damn. guaranteed money. Yeah. So, like, That's a July, great retirement plan. Yeah. Like like so every every July first Barry Bonds gets like two million dollars in the bank. That's nuts. It is. That's crazy. It is. I mean, <clears throat> it's ridiculous. And but I mean it's not unheard of. What's that? Bonds or Bonilla? Bonilla. Did I say Bonds? Bonilla. I'm sorry. It's yeah. Bobby Bonilla. But like it's like it's like ridiculous because it's like like. I, there are other players that have had this done, particularly in Major League Baseball, but nobody to this extent, like to, for this amount of money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like ridiculous how much money he's owed. You know, and like, but like for the Mets, it just it pays off to just like you know, instead of just paying him like thirty million dollars or whatever he's owed at this point, right, right, it's right. it's more beneficial to him to just drag it out every year. But like That's every crazy. year, like on July, but like every year on July first, like for sports fans, it's Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh my Bobby Bonilla gets paid. It's a really good retirement plan. It is. It's a phenomenal retirement plan. Yeah, I mean, like that's smart thinking. Because I mean, yeah. a lot of sports stars would be like, "No, I want all of it. You know, I want to be. Yeah. I want all of this." And something tells me he was like, "Nah, let's." Let's spread this out over thirty years for my future. Yeah, <laughs> like that's crazy. Like Bobby Bunny hasn't played for the Mets in I think like twenty two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like every year, he you know July first, Cha Ching, he walks into the bank like a pimp. 
And the Marlins with 800,000 from them as well. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. It's great for him because it's like it's one of those deals where it's like every year on July 1st, he trends. Yeah. Like on that's, Twitter that's, and Facebook, it's like, you know, everybody's like, you know, Bobby Bonita Day. That's crazy. It is. Now it's time for America's new, new, new favorite segment. What is Tim's wiener up to? Tim sent me a picture of his wiener, and you will never guess what he did. He took his wiener to the drive-in. His wiener was in the car, then out of the car. It was in the, the car. It was in the car and back out again. Have you ever seen a wiener sticking out of a car window? I have. Last time my wiener was out of the car window, I was not allowed back within 500 feet of a school. Believable. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Okay, time to go. I need to prepare for the fireworks for the fourth. I'll be shooting them out of my anus again this year. Wow. That is not a surprise in the least. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, raise your hook can if you like fireworks. <laughs> yeah. All right there, sir. Anything you'd like to add to the proceedings? No, I'm good, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and uh, touch us. Hey. You send us an email like Thad does every fucking week. And that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're really, really easy to find. And um, we're also on a number of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the uh, Pod Breed Network. Just give them a Google search. You can find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. As always, want to thank you, dear listener, for checking us out each and every week. I uh, can't thank you enough for that. And if you are somebody, I've got to, I've got, to, I've got to get to the bottom of this. There are people out there that are going back and listening to a lot of our old episodes. Really? Um, yes. Spreaker has changed their their <clears throat> their statistics, so I can actually see what episodes are being listened to during a week or okay. a, a certain period, and. <clears throat> A lot of the old episodes are getting listened to, um, which is interesting because, like, with the kind of podcast we are, like, for the most part, that can't be that interesting unless you want to hear how wrong we were about shit. Um, (laughs) But um, if you are somebody who is listening to some of our older episodes right now, going back, listening to the back catalog, let us know. I would be I'm I'm interested to hear from you here. You know, what do you think of of what you're listening to? you know, some of the ones that I, I keep popping up is always, uh, you know, uh, Sasquatch erotica. <laughs> uh, that's always a fun one. But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so, but if you're somebody who is going back and listening to some of the older episodes for whatever reason, I want to know why you're doing that and to what do you think of those episodes? I'm curious to hear um, 
why people are doing that, and, and I'm intrigued to hear what the responses are. So if that, if you're if you're listening to this far into the show, and you do listen to the older episodes, please let me know. I'm interested to hear about that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>